Thanks for checking out the Brad and John Show podcast. This segment of the show is brought to you by John Combest's book, Stalking, Harassment, Internet Trolling, A Guide to Recovering and Rebuilding After Online Attacks. It's a great reference if you've ever been the unfortunate target of a social media attack. It's available on Amazon. Just search John Combest. That's C-O-M-B-E-S-T. John Combest, and the book will show up in your search results. Now it's time for another segment of the Brad and John Show. Can you handle it? We are back. It's Brad and John. This is the Brad and John Show. You can check us out on the web at bjshow.co. I usually, once I get off the air, I chop up the show, put it up on the website, and it is in three separate little podcasts. So you can see uh, segment one, or we call it segment A, segment B, segment C. We're in segment B right now, so it's pretty easy to find out what you want to listen to. Okay. They are a hit, Brad. The podcast segments are a hit. Well, you know what? There's a lot of traffic on the website. I'm sort of surprised at that. And I bet that. Why are you surprised by that? Well, you know, sometimes you start something new, it takes a while for it to really take off, especially in the radio business. I mean, there's certain kind of formats you can put on in the radio business that instant recognition. There are other formats, like, for example, talk formats don't usually grow very fast for a couple different reasons, but that's a whole different thing. Okay, I have to ask you a weird, weird question. You're going to laugh when I ask you this. Do you have corn chucks at your house? Corn shocks? Yes. What are you, like, like as decorations? <laughs> no, well, I'm just asking. Not, I'm not going to say why would you have them, but do you have corn? I have no corn shocks okay. anywhere within 50 feet of my home. Okay, I'm a single guy, and I usually eat out most of the time. But occasionally, I go and I buy stuff, and I got a little, I got a little microwave, and I've got a little, a little uh, um, air air oven. What do you call it? Uh, air fryer? Air oven, fryer, yeah. Whatever it has, heck, it is. Okay. I go to the grocery store last night, and first off, every time I go, I think to myself, God, this is super expensive. I had a family again, and once again, I yes, brought up— I don't brought get up, me started, Brad. I brought up four kids, so, you know, I fed, you know, uh, five people. Six mouths. Yeah, six mouths in my family, you know, husband, wife, four kids, okay? So I'm going through this grocery store, and at and one of the end cap, there's this—there's these bags of things, and it, I look at—I go, what are those? And it says— Corn shucks. And I'm going like, okay, what do you do with corn shucks? And more importantly, a bag of corn shucks, okay? Which I I don't think you can eat. Can you eat corn shucks? You mean, so when you say shucks, you mean the husk of the, that covers the corn. Right. Just that Uh, like. I, I don't know anyone who's ever eaten them. That sounds, but now wait a minute. Aren't they, isn't that what some Mexican restaurants serve at the end of the meal? Don't they bring out like cooked husks? I'm not a Mexican, and I'm like Mexican food, so I wouldn't know. And, okay. And matter of fact, I thought, I thought maybe I might have to Google that in the next break. Go ahead. Matter of fact, if you were to give me my choice of going to jail for a week or eating Mexican for a week, <laughs> I would take going to jail for a week. Okay. Wow. Okay. That, we might need to explore that a different day. <laughs> By the way, with the exception of pizza or like Italian, Mexican is the only other food I eat. I don't do Chinese. I don't do any sort of thing that's coming from the Far East. Whatever. Anyway, go ahead. So. What do you think a bag of corn shucks would sell for? You're you're biasing me with the tone of that question, <laughs> so I will be neutral and I would say a, how big is a bag? Like a like a big as two hands, let's say. Yeah, I'd say it would probably be like maybe a pound. Oh, okay. Um, of corn husks, I would say three twenty nine. Seven dollars and ninety five cents. 
are, are they fried? Like, why would you <laughs> no, eat corn husk? I should have taken a picture of it. I'm going like, okay, what do you do with these things? Can you name the store? Are you comfortable naming the store? Uh, Wally World, okay? Okay, yeah, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I, it's a, I, thought, I, I thought that, you know, you wouldn't want to be photographed there, Brad, because you're very anti-Wally World. <laughs> no, no, I'm, okay, you know, I'll be honest. There are certain things, I, I'm not a big fan of Walmart because of the fact that what they do is, and they have, for the most part. As a part, business model, you're well, saying. They, you're not a fan of their business They've model. killed so many small towns. Right, of course they've they killed small towns. And the problem with them is, and a perfect example is the store, and like there's a couple of them in the St. Louis area, but like I'll give you an example of the Bridgeton store. The Bridgeton store used to be in St. Anne, okay? Mm-hmm. And the Bridgeton people got together and go like, you know what? That that St. Anne store is a little bit old, a little, little bit getting old. And I know the Walmart people are looking around. We've got to make them one hell of a deal for them to move that yep. store. And then they contacted the developers, THF, and they got some zoning and variants. Right. And, and, and move it down a couple miles down St. Charles Rock Road. It used to be there on on, uh, on Rock Road, like by Cypress. It used to be east of North. Northwest Plaza, and now it's right off of it's. It, now it's west of if uh, it's sort of weird because 70 does some weird things right there. It's sort of west of 70 on the other side of Interstate 70 on on okay. the western side of, of of Northwest Plaza, and you know I and and I don't know how long the store has built been there. Matter of fact, it's sort of interesting because of the fact that the store that used to be. Uh, across the parking lot from them, at one point in time, I believe was a Sam's Club that they sh- that they opened and then they closed. I can't remember the whole story. Okay, but corn husks. Corn husks, yeah, corn shucks or whatever you want to call it. Seven dollars and ninety five cents. And I'm going like, what do you do with them? I'm just like, it's like, I'm are like, they a snack? Like, are are they I, something like uh, I, pork rinds or something disgusting like that? You know what? The next couple of days, I'll go back into the store. I'll take a picture. I'll take. <laughs> I a... might beat you to Walmart. I might. I might swing by there tomorrow. I'll so if I a... do, I'll take a picture. Of I'll it. take a picture and go like, okay, why do you buy these things? Okay, moving on. Couple things to talk about. Explain the Eric Schmidt tweet that essentially was directed at you yesterday, and essentially was in response to what we talked about on the station yesterday, and I'm not trying to say that you didn't know about it, but I I have personal knowledge of what used to be called BAD, the Bridgeton Air Defense, which was a group of citizens who bound together to fight the airport expansion, which ultimately took the Carrollton subdivision and put it into just... It's sad. The streets are still there. All the houses are gone. Okay? Yeah, so so what Brad's referring to is... On If you follow me on Twitter, Brad's not a Twitter guy. I'm a Twitter guy. Brad's a Facebook guy. I'm not a Facebook guy. You can follow me at johncombest underscore dot com. So I've started as of last week, I've started every day that there's a show. I post the show, kind of the show agenda, what we ended up talking about to Instagram. And then I take that Instagram photo and I put it on Twitter. So it's a really easy way if you follow on Instagram or Twitter to get the direct link to these podcast segments. So I, I had a picture of, of um, essentially everything we talked about yesterday on a letter board, and Senator Schmidt responded and said, because I had mentioned Bridgeton Air Defense and then included a link to the segment, and uh, Senator Schmidt res- responded, Bridgeton Air Defense, they used to have their meetings at the Carrollton Club. Right, Great exactly. Americans. Right, and they were. Yep. And, and yeah. the thing that still bothers me to this day, I have personal experience because – on the west end of the airport, I knew Jack Klovnak, who got his house taken away from him, and a lot of other people in that area. 
and I, my sister-in-law used to leave, live on the east side of the airport. And what has always griped me is the reason they took Carrollton is because when they extended what W1W, which is now one, what is it, 1129, the official runway out there, which hardly is ever used, by the way. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, it's very rarely ever used. I remember used. you and Shelly talking about that. Yeah. Very, very rarely ever used. Okay. They took those areas on the east and the west end of the airport as noise reduction areas because nobody could live there. Okay. Have you ever flown into Midway in Chicago? <laughs> uh, yeah, I've flown into there once. Okay. Have you ever, can you, can you pull up in, on your phone, pull up Google Maps, okay? And okay. pull up Midway Airport. And, Got it up right now. Okay, now zoom in on the end of the runways and tell me from the end of the runways how many feet it is till there's houses. In some spots, it's like from the end of the runway, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this, from the end of the runway to a residential house. It looks like they could touch. <laughs> it's maybe two or 300 feet. Am I exaggerating by yeah, saying I, that? Yeah, I, ha- I, have, I have an aerial, I have the map view here, and it looks like, they, it looks like it's on top of it. Right, and if, you, if you've ever flown into Midway, the Midway Airport is essentially a square and it's almost completely residential on all sides. On the north side, there's a little bit more commercial, but on the on the on the especially on the south side of Midway and on the west side of Midway, it's all residential. Am I kidding? I mean, yeah, you're right. That's exactly how it looks. Okay, so those people are literally hundreds of feet away from the runway, and you don't hear them complaining. <laughs> well, they, they or maybe might, you do. But you they might complain, but yet. They did this thing in Carrollton. Whoa, we can't have those people out there, and, you know, with all the noise. And I'm going like, well, you know, and here's my other thing. I got in trouble for saying this. I said, why don't you just buy out all the homes but leave them and put all the deaf people out there? You know, find, oh. <laughs> find, find all the That's a great idea. Find man. all the deaf people in St. Louis and say, hey, we've got a deal for you. Sign this form and, you know, that you agree to the fact that we're going to give you a house for practically nothing and you can't return it around. Essentially, you'd, you'd put like you all sorts of... Flip it. Right. You can't... You put like indentures, whatever the heck you, you call it. I like, love that idea, and, Brad. And I don't care that other people would find it to be insensitive. And by the way, they can't hear us talk about it anyway. But see... But here's what they should do. The problem with that is that 20 years after you give those deaf people a home, the Columbia Missourian and the students at the University of Missouri <laughs> Journalism School would write a story about how deaf people are suddenly enduring so much more health, so many more health issues due to airplane exhaust. And it was due to the government putting disadvantaged people near an airport. Well, the and I'd blame Brad, Hilde, Brad Hildebrand for well, that. Well, everybody blames me for anything. So what else is new? <laughs> so okay, but on the east side of the airport, where my sister, my sister-in-law used to live, off of Hanley, if you know that area up there, yeah, um, I do. That area now is all built up with big old distribution centers. As a matter of fact, uh, one of the buildings up there, I can't remember, the the smartest woman in the world told me this. One of the buildings up there is being sold. It was built, it, Express Scripts is on is on the one side of 70. I guess that would be like, in that area, it would be like the south side of 70 up against UMSL. And Express Scripts built a couple buildings on the other side, uh, on the, the north side of 70, off of North Hanley. And now if you've been through there and in the area that used to be Kinlock, all along uh, 170, once you get north of 70, it's big old monstrous distribution buildings that are being put in there. And once again, they said that they said two things about that. They said, we're going to use this 
as a noise abatement zone and as a crash zone and will not we're not going to allow any building in this area but yet mm-hmm. they speak with forked tongue and if you know the interesting story behind this which which was the thing where it failed and this was the Rex Sinkfield deal where they were going to tr- privatize the airport Remember that deal? Oh yeah, <laughs> I do remember. One this. of the selling points that they would, they didn't really talk about was that if they were going to privatize the airport, the airport owns all that property. The air, airport owns that property in, in in Bridgeton, which was the old Carrollton subdivision. Right. Yeah, and they were going to essentially turn that into a distribution mecca. Like you have in Illinois, or if you've driven over there, and a lot of people don't even realize this, but if you've driven over in Illinois, an area used to call Mitchell, Illinois, which has now actually been incorporated yeah, by Edwardsville, 270 and 111, that is where the tornado hit the big Amazon distribution center. And if you look at an aerial view, if you pull up Google Maps of that area, maps of that area, 270 and 111 over in Illinois, it's like a who's who of the Fortune 100. All these companies have distribution centers over there because of the fact it's right there at 270 and 255. It's right outside the St. Louis metro area. Can you imagine what kind of distribution they could put right there at St. Charles Rock Road where the Carrollton subdivision oh, used yeah, to be? yeah, of course. Right there at the confluence of 270 and 70? I mean, and, yeah. and see, once again, they lied to the people. They said, oh, this is never going to be developed. And And the other thing is, why did they tear their houses down? And once again, you look at at Midway Airport, there are people who are 300 feet from the end of that runway. The way that runway uh, 1129, the end of that runway is probably a good quarter mile away from from um, uh, that area. And the crazy part about that is that if you lived in that area already, it's not that far from the end of the two main runways, which is one two three zero. And if you're in that area, if they're landing from they're, if they're landing on runway one two, which means they're coming in from the west, it's not that bad because the planes are coming in and they're running for the most part. They're running their engines at very low speed, maybe even idle at some points in time, and they're coming in very quietly. Okay. If they turn it around and they they take off on runway three zero, which goes from east to west, it's noisier than hell out there already. Yeah, and and it's to the point where it's like, okay, so so what's another runway? Well, it's much closer to the neighborhood. I don't get it. I mean, go to any other metro area. Go look at LAX. Look where LAX is. I mean, you know, I mean, to the point where I still live up in Hazelwood. And I used to live at the end of runway 624, which is the runway they don't use too much anymore, which is the runway that sort of goes. And, and I don't know if you know this about runways. Do you know this about the, the runways that the, the, the number is the compass heading? Did you know that? I did not know that. Yes. I, I, you know what? And I wondered how you and Shelly always seem to know. I know that Shelly worked out there, and I know that you know so much about you know flight and airplanes. But I had no idea how you guys remembered the yes. coding for these. Well, the the what it is, it's the heading of the runway. So in other words, and what you're coming in, and the reason you call it six two four, is if you and and the 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 numbers are always eighteen apart. If you add six and two four, uh, you know, or you no, you subtract oh, okay. you subtract the higher number from you subtract the lower number from the higher number. You know, always come out with eighteen. That's the way it works because the, the compass point has is 360. Are you divided into 36 points? So in other words, if you have a runway okay. that is 624, it's essentially heading north northeast 
to south southwest if that makes any sense okay interesting yeah so runway and the way you number it is the direction you're landing on it are taking offs in other words if you're landing at lambert if you're landing from the west to the east you're on runway one two because you're you're when and the reason they do this is because when you're in your airplane and you look at your compass if you say you're supposed to be on runway if you're landing on runway one two and your compass heading says two zero you're not in the right place to land yeah, at the airport. Yeah. So, so that's the way it works. It's it, the reciprocals. And 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 there used to be another runway uh, there in in Lambert on the north side by Boeing, which I don't think they use anymore. But the the three the three main runways out there are now one two, and they call it one two three zero left and right. And then you have one one two nine, which is which is uh, the the new runway. And then you have six two four, and there used to be a fifth runway out there. I don't think they use it anymore. But once again, they took all those people's homes, all those places in Bridgeton. Uh, matter of fact, one of my favorite places was Henry the Eighth. I used to you know do a lot of business there when I was in my oh the Henry the Eighth Hotel. Yeah, and where was God. that? It sounds right. familiar, but right I don't remember there exactly in Lindbergh, Lindbergh and Natural Bridge. You know, all okay. gone. All, yeah. gone. all those places are gone. You know, I mean, and, and so many businesses, so many residential areas, they decimated Bridgeton. And the crazy thing about it was, if you know the crazy story about this is, the airport's owned by the city. And that's what Bridgeton complained about. They go, hold on a minute now. I mean, we're we're a city in St. St. Louis County, and we are governed by the laws of St. Louis County and the state of Missouri, not the laws of St. Louis City, but yet St. Louis City is eminent domaining our, our property. Yeah. Just the way it worked. Sort of sucked. Okay, last thing. I've got a, I, I, a couple things I want to talk about. I want to talk about Uber Eats. And, oh, wow. Okay. And I, I, there's a, I, you know, I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I'm a, you know, one of my goals for 2024 is I do a lot of videos now. So far, I'm, I'm on day three of this. And, and matter of fact, can I mention, do you know about my new website? If I told you, this? I saw it, you tweeted it yesterday, but I would in the next segment, cause we're up against time promoted in the next segment. Cause I want to hear more about it. Brad camp, Brad, Brad dot yes, camp. camp. And it's funny cause people go dot com. No dot cam. And people go yeah. dot cam. <laughs> yes. It's a dot cam. Okay. We'll talk about that. Seven thirty nine. We'll be back.